So when God thinks of you, and he does so continuously, whether you know it or not, he is literally excited about who you are. Our problem is that when we look at ourselves and think about our lives, we see something different than God sees. We see our own circumstances. We see our situation. We see our relationship or lack of the relationships we have, Ruth, with them, with others. We see the hurts and wounds that keep us anchored to the past. And we talked about that about six weeks ago, the chains on your brain. Um, we see our job, our retirement, our wants, our needs. But none of those things are who we are. And when God thinks about us, he is thinking about who we are, not our circumstances, not our situations in our lives currently. He sees us for who we are in Christ because we're born again. And then he looks at the potential that he's placed inside of us. And that potential leads to the opportunities he's opening up for us in the days that are ahead of us. So we tend to look in the rearview mirror and see what has happened to us, the woundedness, the hurt, the broken relationships, the circumstances, the situations, the bank account, the lack of a bank account, whatever it is. And God is looking forward through the front windshield and he's looking to your potential, which then opens up the opportunities. And when you wake up in the morning, God actually sings a song over you and your life, and he sings it loud for all of heaven to hear. And that you will find in Zephaniah chapter 3. And I know most people don't read Zephaniah on a regular basis, but in chapter 3, verse 17, it says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love, and he will exalt over you with loud singing. And for fun, I looked up the word exalt, and the list is too long. But I, the ones I liked, I wrote down. Exalt means to rejoice, be joyful, be happy, be pleased, be glad, be delighted, be elated, and be ecstatic. So when God sings over us, exalts over us, he's rejoicing, he's joyful, he's happy, he's pleased, he's glad, he's delighted, he's elated, and he's ecstatic. He sees us different than we see us. The World English Bible says it this way, Yahweh, your God, is in the midst of you, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Same thing, just said slightly differently. Or the better one, I think, is the message version. Your God is present over you, among you, a strong warrior there to save you, happy to have you back. He'll calm you with his love and delight you with his songs. The whole purpose or meaning in the prophet was that God is singing a love song to his people, and you are his people. So the overall impression that God has is that he loves you and is excited about who you are in Christ. The fact that you are his son and daughter, the fact that you're a minister of reconciliation, supposedly sharing the good news of Jesus, who reconciles all who want to humble themselves and come to God, and the fact that you are, just as you are right now, an ambassador for Christ representing his kingdom. God sees all these things that we don't think about on a regular basis. If you went to Ephesians chapter 1, especially in my Bible, 
and started underlining what it says you are, not what you have. It says both what you are and what you have. It says, it states very clearly that his children are blessed, chosen, predestined, redeemed, forgiven, loved, given wisdom, given insight, given an inheritance, you're sealed, you receive revelation, your hearts are enlightened, you have hope, you have grace, you have been empowered, and you are victorious. God sees us totally different than we see us, and we're living way below our potential. What scripture was that again? That's all of Ephesians chapter 1. Thank you. We don't see ourselves the way God sees us, and we don't release and embrace our full potential as a result of the way that we see ourselves. That's our problem. It's inside us. We've been given everything that pertains unto life and to godliness. We have not released it, and we have not embraced it. And we've talked about that last week a little bit. Why? Because we've not been taught to. I don't think we think about it enough. It's in the Bible. We have just gotten so used to seeing ourselves as we see ourselves instead of trying to see ourselves as God sees us. Okay, and so recently I heard a song. I was ministering in another country, and they played this song um, by video. And you're going to see the exact same video that I watched and listened to. But I want you to listen to the words very carefully. Don't try to write them down. Just listen to what it says. We may need to turn the volume up. Do I need to go one more? No. That's good. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single line.
So here are the words. Um, if you look at the screen, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. When I don't belong, oh, you say that I am yours and I believe. And then you hear the chorus behind them saying I. Oh, I believe what you say of me, I believe. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you I find my worth. There's a key. In you I find my identity. You say that I'm loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. When I don't belong, you say that I am yours. And I believe. I believe what you say of me. I believe. Taking all that I have, and now I'm laying it at your feet. You have every failure, God, and you'll have every victory. And then she says it again. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. When I don't belong, you say that I am yours. And I believe, I believe what you say of me. I believe. And I believe, yes, I believe what you say of me. I believe. The problem we have is how many voices we're listening to. And we're not listening to God's voice. Our emotions have a voice. You've heard me teach this part before. Your opinions have a voice. Your thoughts have a voice. Your friends have a voice. The music station you listen to has a voice. Your workplace has a voice. The favorite television programs you watch have a voice. Your former religion has a voice. Your family has a voice. Your traditions have a voice. The region you live in has a voice. The demons around us have a voice. And they keep saying in numerous ways, you're not enough. 
You don't measure up. You're not good enough, smart enough, lucky enough. You're not holy enough. You're not good looking. You're too tall. You're too short. You're too fat. You're too thin. Whatever it's saying, we all hear the voice. And the voice is literally trying to say to us, you're not loved. And you don't have any real friends. And in reality, Jesus is our best friend. So the voices constantly say you are not enough and you don't measure up. And all those voices compete with one voice, a still small whisper, the Spirit of God speaking his words, the words of the Father about us. God sings a song over us every morning when we wake up. And I think it's a different song for each one of us. And we need to hear the words. So all of those voices compete and drown out the Holy Spirit, whatever the Holy Spirit is saying to you or about you. And in the midst of all those voices is the voice of the Father, and we need to learn to listen to it. So the song, the words of the song are here. I'm going to pass them out to you because I want to talk about it for about five minutes. Songs say... I keep finding, fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. All the voices of our tradition, our friends, the radio stations, whatever. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. And the song picks the four key ones that people are worried about and think about today. The key in your life as a believer and they're really strong in the life of a non-believer who doesn't have Jesus. So look at them again. You say, I am loved. That's a key. People need to know that they are loved, even when you can't feel a thing. Secondly, people think they're weak and that the world is, you know, fate is taking them wherever fate wants to take them. I am strong when I think I am weak. God says you're strong. Louise and I met with a lady yesterday who thinks that the, her miscarriages and everything that's going wrong with her reproduction system is because of something she did in her first life or her last life. We're not sure it's her first one. When I am held, you say I am held when I am falling short. That's a, an acceptance. God holds on to us regardless of what's happening. So that's an acceptance. And when I don't belong, you say that I am yours. Okay, so we need to believe what God says and what God sings about us and no longer allow the other voices to dictate our self-image. We're not believing the Bible, and we're not believing who God says we are. And so again, the words of the song, what you say of me, I believe. So God says you're loved. God says you're strong. God says he embraces you, accepts you, and God says you belong to him. He is your heavenly father. So look at the song again. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you I find my worth. In you I find my identity. That needs to become a reality. We need to look through the windshield and stop looking through the rearview mirror. And that only happens when we give ourselves totally and without reservation to him every day. Taking all I have, look at the verse again, taking all I have, now I'm laying it at your feet. You have every failure, God, and you'll have every victory. So we need to stop getting our value and our self-identity from all of the voices we're hearing 
We need to start hearing what God is saying about us. And some of it's in the scriptures, but some of it's just going to be in your heart as you're listening to him. And so she says, taking all I have, and now I'm laying it at your feet. You have every failure, God. And from the future, looking through the windshield instead of in the rearview mirror, you will have every victory. You'll get the glory from it. She picked that up, if you look at the screen again, out of Romans chapter 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get to know what God says in his word about you, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I like a better version. The message version says, So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you. Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, developing well-formed maturity in you. That says, stop super-spiritualizing everything and just make life what it's supposed to be, an offering unto God. And that's the key to experiencing and encountering God's love. We talked about that last week. And hearing the song that he's singing over you in your life. And, you know, sometimes we see these songwriters, and so she wrote that, by the way, and song singers, but you don't know the story behind it. So here's the story behind it. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. It was the day after my very first Dove Awards, and um, I remember being completely overwhelmed. I walked into the studio, and Paul and Jason, my producers, were in there, and they're like, all right, what's going on in your world? How's it been? It was the first time we had written since How Can It Be? I just remember feeling like so much had happened the night before. How do I come back down to normal? How do I come back down to reality? And started realizing these patterns of like really high highs and then, okay, now there's a low. Really high high, now there's a low. And involving expectation in that space can just um, leave you kind of questioning your identity. Where do I fit in? Where, where is my security? Where's my footing? So when writing, you say, um, 
I just remember feeling for the first time pretty conflicted. It was definitely the first moment in just being an artist that I was like, okay, where where is all of this going exactly? And I know that we've all faced moments in life where we can feel a crossroads happen, where we can see the past and also see the future and realize how we are supposed to exist in the present. And it was one of those moments where I could see where things were going and I knew exactly where I came from and I needed those worlds to still be married. And thus brought up the issue of just identity and trying to figure out how to exist when I feel like so many things are pulling me in so many different directions. With that, I think a lot of times we build these complexes about, you know, based on insecurity, based on fear, based on rejection, and just lies that we have to constantly overcome. And so this song for me was just a reminder of identity. It was a reminder that, you know, when I'm weak, he's strong. So how do I change that and bring that into my everyday life? When I feel inadequate, how is it that um, there's always these moments where I feel like God just steps in and supersedes my inadequacies. This entire song was so that every single night I would get up on stage and remind myself, no, this, this is the truth, this is the truth, this is the truth. Don't get buried in confusion, don't get buried in um, like waywardness. Just remember to steady the course, steady the course. So that's the story behind this thing. So your worth and your identity are not in what others think about you, not in your job, not in whether you write a hit song, not definitely not in any ministry you might have, not in what you have accomplished, not what you do for others. Your identity and your self-worth are not in what your friends say about you. It's only in your situation with God. Your identity and your worth comes from your relationship with God. And that means you need to hear what he's saying about you. And the key to all of that is we have to believe. She says it five, six, eight, ten times. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I am weak. You say I'm held when I'm falling short. When I don't belong, you say that I am yours. And I believe, I believe what you say of me, I believe. So the question is, what does it mean to say I believe. Because you all say you're believers. But we're all... In this instance? In any instance, what does it mean to say, I believe? I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never make 
Yeah. 